Okay, so I learned, or I was reminded in these episodes that you can't trust cops, but I learned that you can only trust retired cops who aren't trusted by active cops. You know, not only did I have around the same <laughs> note or whatever, but I feel like we were in each other's minds sometimes because I was going to say, <laughs> wow, police department's letting us down. What has changed? What has changed? Nothing. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta close the door to open a window. Don't bite your tongue. And with that being said, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another killer edition of the after credits. I said I was going to do this one sober or whatever, but I lied. I lied. Twisted tease in full effect or whatever, or somebody said, is that even a beer? I was like, hey, respect. Hey, no no disrespect over here, okay? I'm talking to the goddess herself that put me on the twisted tease. Back at it again. The homie Kaylee, what's goody? It's Kaylee Twisted T. Adams here reporting to you live on almost no sleep. And I'm very, very excited for these final two episodes. I I love it because I say, you know, on the wrestling one or whatever, we always talk about there's this dude. He says, oh, you know, you got to outwork everyone or whatever. And I'm like, you ain't putting in the work. And you are literally trying to outwork your own body. Like you might collapse on me. I don't, you know, I don't appreciate that. I am. It is currently 12.22 in the afternoon, and I woke up at 6 p.m. yesterday. I started a third shift job, and this episode might get a little weird. I'm feeling a little weird. I have half of a corona light in me, and I'm ready to talk about John Wayne Casey. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) That being said, ladies and gentlemen, by the time, you know, you guys hear this or whatever... I've sent it in our uh, group chat or whatever on Facebook or whatever, you know, to to you and everything, Kaylee. But to everyone mm-hmm. else, the June playlist is up on Apple Music and Spotify. Go check out those new tunes. You know what I'm saying? Um, that new DMX album is fucking incredible. Expect a review coming up soon, like whatever teaser right there. Um, yeah, you know, rate, like, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Links and everything going to be in the description in the bios below um leave a comment on apple Podcasts. you know leave five stars five stars five stars five stars five stars we got anything besides five stars in the words of hall of famer david all just leave that shit to yourself <laughs> also check your boy out on twitch we've been going crazy lately with the baseball streams or whatever you know the, the boy up there mookie brian or whatever my right fielder slash pitcher and everything has finally gotten up to 62 overall. They they make you grind on this baseball shit, but I'm having the time of my life. Gacy, Devil All in Disguise, right. part five. You'll have to you're, you're gonna have you, to dig. You have to dig. Um for those of you following along, watching the documentary as we do these episodes, um you probably have the same question I do right now for our host. How did you feel about the opener for episode five? My very first note was, 
all right, we start this episode or whatever. This nigga lying his ass off or whatever about like not sleeping with the dead bodies and shit. I love the fact that they're doing a cold open with this joint, and it's always him lying about some shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not trying to say mortuary. he didn't sleep with any of the dead bodies, but I'm just like, dog, dog. Would I be shocked if he said, "Yeah, I was sleeping with them shits after I choked them"? No. Okay. okay, can we just marvel at the fact that I forgot that John Wayne Gacy worked in a mortuary when he was 19 in Las Vegas <coughs> and worked all night wheeling bodies from one building to another? I just forgot this detail about him because his case is so horrific. Like, how did I forget about that? And there were rumors about him sleeping with bodies like that. Com- I completely forgot that until I got 40 seconds into this episode and I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. What not because it's funny, <laughs> but because I was thinking about what your possible reaction could have been to this, like open to this episode. I'm just imagining your eyes being as big as Kilo and shit. Just like. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Oh my God. I was like, this lying ass motherfucker. Like, you don't get the hell out of here, dog. Yeah, Uh, so we opened the episode and it's like, oh, I ran away at 19. I went to Las Vegas and yeah, I worked in a mortuary. No, of course I didn't sleep with the bodies. No. Yeah, I lived in the mortuary, but like I didn't sleep with them. Yeah. Oh, fucking K, Gacy. Okay. He hit us with a bar though. He did hit us with a bar when he was like, you know, hey, I'm not worried about the dead bodies or whatever. It's the living you have to worry about. God, yo, he had a couple little bars in these last two episodes or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, God dang, I don't want to like this dude, but he kind of, you know, he had a little, you know, basketball reference or whatever. You know, it was like LeBron and D-Wade on a fast break or whatever. He won't miss it. Okay, you know I have no idea what that means, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, Half um, our audience does or whatever, because I feel like this audience <laughs> is really skewed between, like, you know, black dudes and then white women. That's, that's what I think, you know, it's like us. That, just like us, that is the <laughs> audience we're trying to reach, bring us together even more with sports and serial killers um emily's already over me watching the nba like the nba playoffs <laughs> already she's just she's like god can this shit be over already i'm i'm loving every second of it this is why i only date men who are aren't into sports <laughs> uh, yeah aren't into sports and are like more interested in identifying wildflowers <laughs> that's that's the type of man i'm after you, you were um, like that dude that the white woman called uh, the police on that was in Central Park watching birds and shit. Exactly. Where is he? <laughs> See <yeah>. DM me. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah, that was the first thing we got with him or whatever. Um, so uh, it didn't take the jury, but like two hours to sentence his ass. Okay. Okay. Yes. But before we get to that, can we talk about how okay so the whole defense is like argument was Uh that john wayne gacy was insane and he should be declared legally insane and thus not culpable for his crimes okay so this is obviously bullshit right um but can we talk about how dramatic in the best way and how effective and chilling the prosecutor's like final remarks were when he had that board that has all the victims pictures on it right and he walks up to it and he says if you are going 
to be lenient on this man, this killer, then, and then he walks up to the board and one by one rips all these pictures down. And remember that they have the crawl space from Gacy's house in the courtroom. He rips all the pictures down one by one and then throws them in the crawl space and says, then you are being like better to him than you were his victims. Like that must've been so chilling in that courtroom. And that was the last thing that the jurors heard before they went to deliberate, right? Because the prosecution gets the final say. So yeah, they have what, two hours of deliberation. Mm -hmm. That is insane. They had like six weeks (sighs) in court. The prosecutors were like, yeah, we went to this grimy bar. We went to Jean's bar, like across the street or whatever. They get called in two hours and they're worried because usually um, that quick of a deliberation comes back as a not guilty verdict. Mm -hmm. But what did we get? Guilty. He was. And this is my thing, too. This this is my thing, too, because, you know, like and there's a video, whatever. You probably have seen it out here, like somewhere. And if not, I'll send it to you. It was like, you know, if this was black people, it would have went a lot more smoother. Cause I don't even think it would have been two hours. I'm like, y'all know this motherfucker did this, right? I right, bet. <laughs> All right, we gotta like twiddle our thumbs while we make it look like we thought about something. But two hours is insanely quick. That um I didn't realize how quick it was, but it was two hours, came back guilty. At this point in time, he was the most prolific killer serial killer at this um right at this time in u.s history well convicted i guess i meant to ask you who who took that spot over that they because they, they kept mentioning well this is the most person or whatever with the body we found in the u.s at, for the time and i'm like did somebody beat the record and then like for some reason when that shit came in my head i'm like what type of sick ass record is that like yo i'm beating jordan's fucking 30 points a game average <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> So I don't remember when he got convicted, but uh, the Green uh, River killer, Gary Ridgeway, I think, I think 49 confirmed victims. Jesus Christ. And they were mostly sex GTA? workers. Yes. And there was, I think the most prolific person, I want to say Sam Little killed like over, confirmed over 200 people. Um, but we can talk about these people some other time. But right at this point in time, most prolific convicted killer in the United States took two hours. And then the jury, the same jury has to come back and figure out if he's going to get the death penalty or not. Which my question about that, my, my, my question about that, because I got mm-hmm. two things, two things, whatever. Um, okay. When did the electric chair stop? So it's while he was waiting for his execution right so at the time that he was sentenced to death it was still the method of execution the electric chair and then at some point i don't know which year and it varies state by state i'm 99 sure um but at some point while he's waiting for his execution date it switched to death by lethal injection right yeah which, thinking about shit from like a 2021 pov i'm like dog electric chair sounds crazy like it's like it's it's like somebody watching game of thrones or whatever and you're like holy shit like a beheading 
You know what I'm saying? No. Spoiler alert, guys. Ned Stark. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, what are you done in life? <laughs> and if this is how you get that spoiler, like you've dodged so many, it was bound to happen. Um. But one thing they touch on in this documentary that I thought was just delicious was <laughs> in the case. <laughs> <laughs> the defense and like multiple people kept referring to Gacy as this like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde yes, character. that was my next note. Yes, oh ma'am. Yes. And the prosecutor sat on this comparison and then he went out and reread, you know, all the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and made this beautiful connection between hey actually dr jekyll made and took the potion that turned them evil on purpose to do evil things to kill people to know what it felt like so he could remember it and he enjoyed it and he did it again and again and again and again and he paid for his crimes with his life what a beautiful reworking of this narrative that the yes. defense has had and been relying on this entire time i thought that was wonderful i also want to ask or whatever because it, it popped in my head as soon as that happened i wrote that down too i love the comparison but um mm-hmm. have you yourself read the book i feel like that's like a kaylee book honestly that oh yeah right your lane. of course yeah i read it a really 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 long time ago and now i'm like i need to reread it now it's like right here the forefront of my mind and just hearing this prosecutor's comparison um yeah so we can we can start a book club that can be our first book i'm gonna I'm I'm let you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you run that or whatever if they got it with audible i got you <laughs> <laughs> okay we can we can do that too <laughs> you know if they, if they got it like that um anything else before we get on to the next note um small thing so when it is announced that he will be sentenced to death it is noted that he showed no emotion which who is to say how one would react when they are told that they're going to die because of crimes like i have no idea what i would do granted i don't think i'll ever be in that position please don't um if i am if we can do a pod at that point, I'll let you know what I felt at that time. But it probably won't happen. Hey, Max B recorded um, a whole mixtape over a phone, so over a jail phone. See? So I mean, shit. <laughs> oh, God. It was it was hard too. <laughs> <laughs> like the funniest part ever when he said him wrapping his ass off. You here, you have one minute remaining. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> you had to get your bar off before it goes. Wait. Okay. And this can fast forward. Um, a preview of something that happens either in this or the next episode how does he get one minute left a warning that john wayne gacy gets all the time on the phone he wants anyways that motherfucker was in jail going crazy. i am ready to discuss that my god Ugh. Uh, right um actually yeah this is like almost the next thing that i have written so he gets sentenced to death the doc uh the documentary cuts back to john wayne gacy talking who is he is 92. still maintaining his innocence yeah in 92 oh <sighs> my god oh my god i have the same i got the same note too i literally said this motherfucker said he's wrongly convicted and i just have an upside down um smiley face (laughs) like get the fuck out of here dog he's like i don't know 
who killed them? It wasn't me. The boys in my basement? No. Like, he's trying oh to get appealed and everything. And he's like, I mean, there's 33 bodies, but it's only like one medical. I mean, come on. But what? Why are there no more medical reports? Like he has. So if you're watching this documentary, you will see John Wayne Gacy being interviewed and him flipping through his giant comically large sized binder of notes and he's flipping through it with a purpose to jab his finger at the pages and make points that make literally no sense but if he talks enough with enough confidence maybe he can convince people that he didn't murder 33 boys the way his hand was over the book oh my god that's sicko dog my god yes seriously so into the documentary walks, I believe her name is Karen Cotty, who was his death row attorney. Hmm. You know the I, exact joke I made. You know the exact joke I made. <laughs> I said, of course, it's a Karen, number one. Also, I side know. note, I still haven't written it down or whatever, but you know, we got a lot of tracks coming out recently or whatever. Immaculate Freestyle mm-hmm. in the bios below. Check that. Um, <laughs> I'm still going to get off the line of was making Karen jokes before it was mainstream. Y'all ain't ready for that bar. I don't know how I'm going to flip it, but if you know, you know. If you don't know, you're going to know. Tell the people about about Karen Conti, however you do it. I love Kilo. It's hijacking this podcast right now, too. I love it. I know. (laughs) My cat is rubbing his face all over my camera and just generally being cute and annoying. Yeah, he, he likes me. That's what it is. But yeah, so Karen is this, what I imagine to be a young blonde go-getter who um, mentions that she is riding with her partner in her car when she hears like a radio broadcast about John Wayne Gacy being sentenced to death and makes a comment that like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be crazy if we represented him? Ha ha ha, that could never happen. Come on, Greg. But (laughs) they get contacted because Uh, John Wayne Gacy wants to interview them to represent him in a civil case that he has going. And what's very interesting is that this civil case is about his paintings. He's painting in jail. And oh my God, do we have another exciting quote from John Wayne Gacy. So John Wayne Gacy is Um, making all these paintings in jail he's making money from them and the state's like no you can't do that um and so we cut to John Gacy and he says I guess that's the reason I relate to Michelangelo he was a workaholic I'm sorry sir and then he says oh but I didn't I didn't know it didn't matter to me that he was a homosexual like (laughs) okay like why are you focusing and I don't know if it was prompting from the interviewer that was like well did you know he was gay did you care but it's just weird because he was like oh I identified with him because he was a workaholic it just worked so 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 much but who cares that he was gay like I'm glad that you also caught that shit because I was like what the fuck is happening right now (laughs) he like has oh also if you watch the documentary it cuts to all of his shitty paintings and then makes the comparison to like He's like, people always ask me who my favorite artists are. And Michelangelo and Da Vinci. It's like, are those the only two names you knew? Like, 
there was no oh, God. I'm gonna let you finish, this man. Guy. You know I wanna you know I want to destroy him, but I'm gonna let no, you finish first, please. man. I am D- exasperated and done. These trash ass, <laughs> crazy ass, fucking sick ass paintings or whatever. And I'm gonna relay it to something in a, in a quick second or whatever. Also, his his one eight hundred fucking number. Oh, Are no, you it was serious? a nine hundred number. Nine hundred numbers. Let's not me. get caught in the details. <laughs> Yeah, tell us about the 900 number. Like, why? Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? Okay, also, so... too, there's there, there's a thing there's a thing in wrestling right now. I'm, it's going to be super quick, okay. guys. I know you guys do not care. <laughs> and I, Kaylee barely cares. She just loves me. It's different. So and there's a thing <laughs> in wrestling right now where there's a guy, Dexter Loomis, and the, the gimmick, you know, it's wrestling. He kind of is a serial killer. He doesn't talk. He just stares at you ominously like he's throwing people in the back of trunks and drove off and kidnapped people <laughs> like that that's the you know sure. that's the gimmick but now he is in love and oh. his lover or whatever went into like his room and there's all these pictures of them together and like the one oh. that they showed they highlighted or whatever was like him massaging her or whatever and there's like a knife in his heart with him bleeding out Oh my fucking god! So the fact I saw that the other day and I saw these fucking Gacy paintings, I'm like, what is my life doing right now? <laughs> like, what what is my world? Like, what is happening? We're getting into, we're starting a new podcast about fine art. <laughs> With art imitating, prominently life, featuring, <laughs> prominently <laughs> featuring John Wayne Gacy and this serial killer wrestler. Yeah, it's a fun crossover. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna find a clip and send it to you. Just wait. Yeah, but no, these paintings are so shitty. And a uh, <laughs> personal story. So I went to my best friend, Ashley, lives in LA. She moved there. And I went to visit her one year. And of course, I had to go to the Museum of Death out there in LA. Of course you did. And yeah. oh, shoot, Shout I should have worn, I have, a, I, I have a t-shirt from the Museum of Death. But they have one of his paintings. They have a Gacy painting. And I saw it. And guess what? It's just as shitty in real life. <laughs> But so John Wayne Gacy's making all this money from these paintings because he's a mass murderer. He's a serial killer. People are fascinated by this stuff. That's why we're here. That's why you're listening, right? Yeah. We're fascinated by these people. So Karen Cotty is consulted to represent him in the civil case. But she, being the go-getter that she is, strikes a deal. I'll represent you in this only if i can be your death row attorney so yes she does become his death row attorney and she says that she's just curious as hell about who john Wayne gacy is like she had to meet him right and she said don't you want to look evil in the face this bargaining ass bitch gets her way in there (laughs) and like okay so i firmly believe that everyone deserves and deserves representation regardless of whether they're like obviously guilty or not um because we need to determine if they're obviously guilty or not and if things were done the correct way as far as our justice system goes so i will say that but holy shit it's john Wayne gacy whatever there's many reasons why i'm not a lawyer and that's that's one of them um but she talks about all the creative arguments they had to come up with to get him off death row. Like, um, bad counsel, like, for the trial, um, 
improper investigations, all this other stuff. And go ahead. I, I just, I just, and you know, t- teaser at the end of this pod, guys, to so stay around for that, of course, you know, because we're going to talk about mm-hmm. someone else or whatever, where they kind of have a comparison to something just, oh mm-hmm. my God, can you imagine this? <laughs> but like, you know, I feel like somebody said it best or whatever. Like, if you really look at men and women or whatever, not even just men and women, but just certain people, like we, all our things are kind of just weird when you really look at it because someone would look at me or maybe judge me like, so you're telling me you want to be the guy who puts a ball in a hoop more than any other body, than any, anyone else. And they would be, you know, if you break it down, that sounds crazy. But mm-hmm. also if I said, hey, this guy definitely killed people, but what if I can make people think that he didn't? That also sounds or, <laughs> or just give enough evidence that something was iffy. This was a big challenge to Karen, right? To get John Wayne Gacy off death row. She compared it to like, if you, you know, are a mountain climber, do you want to go up a little hill or do you want to like climb Mount Everest? This is her whole thing about being an attorney or being you know a lawyer same thing but so what she and her partner do um they go look at the evidence for the case Mm -hmm. and i guess i didn't realize how mm, i was gonna say i didn't realize how insane john Wayne gacy was of course i did but not to the level where this man documented Every meal he had, all of his gas bills, all of the motels he stayed in. This, <laughs> you to record your every detail of your life, every expense to that degree sounds insane to me. I don't know if that's because I'm a millennial or because I have an online banking app now and it's not 1972 or mm-hmm. what, but to have all of that and have it so meticulously recorded is crazy to me and also it's like why are you keeping all those records but also like maybe those are good no nah, that's so fast but if it was now if it was now he's just a random guy on facebook dead ass yeah yeah oh sure. he, he out here today oh did this today you know doing this tomorrow yeah. like he's just a normal yeah. guy on facebook. before his time john wayne gacy and it says you know the laborious way to geotag yourself is to write down every motel you stayed in in 1970 whatever but he had all this stuff and they say that they confirmed that he was out of state supposedly when some of the boys that he was convicted of killing went missing so this throws some doubt into the investigation i guess about 16 of them i think they have he said, John Wayne Gacy said 16. Oh, Who God. knows if that's true? Who knows if that's he true? He just likes I'm random numbers. You know, no. 45 sounds like a good number. 45 sounds like a good number. Um, yeah, so who knows if that's true, but they did find some evidence of him being out of state when the some of the boys were supposed to have gone missing, um, which is interesting. Um, and then God, we cut back to his sister, and I just feel so bad for a sister. You yeah, just don't stop feeling bad for her. Oh, my God. But she comes in with the truth. She said she'd talk to her brother, John, and he'd be like, well, I, I'm going to try and prove my innocence or whatever. And she's like, it doesn't matter if you killed 33 boys or 
one boy. You still killed someone. It doesn't matter. You killed at least one person. And then he would quickly change the subject because he didn't want to talk about it anymore. Because he was just so obsessed with not being the guy that he was made out to be, who he was. But it was just really sad to hear talk about this. But I'm going to just say every time he would come on screen or whatever, and I'm pretty sure I'm getting the Drake line wrong, like, but it's somewhere along the lines of, I'm a sicko, a real sicko. You get to know me, nigga. Like every time I that, that just came, it just kept going back in my head. It just continued to refresh in my head. Like mm-hmm. this fucking sicko, dog. Like his fucking portfolio that we're gonna talk about in a little bit or whatever. Like you discussed uh-huh. a little bit too. Like Jesus Christ, man. I I cannot. You, yeah. you ready for the day? No, not yet. Oh, shit. we need to talk about the fact that Karen, his once again. Um, death row attorney was trying to get all this information out of him she's convinced that there were more people involved but like he wouldn't give specific names like he would allude to them but he wouldn't give any more details right but like why i'm trying to figure out why he's already sentenced to death why wouldn't you give that information if he was really innocent of at least some of the murders why wouldn't you as a man who is about to die, I don't know, <laughs> give, give that information. Like what was, and we'll get into some maybe kind of conspiracy theories. I don't even think they're conspiracy theories, but like unanswered questions um, later on in the podcast, but it's just really confusing to me. And she, and so this went to his grave. If there were other people involved, we do not know. We do like, not imagine know Imagine sure. having morals, but for like, just, the, uh, but you're also a serial killer. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it is. What type of shit? Yeah, it's really confusing. The moral compasses of these men. I'm going to say mostly men. Whatever. That's a blanket statement. I'm comfortable with mostly mm-hmm. men, and <laughs> like not ratting out the people that were involved. Like why? Anyways, so he loses all of his appeals and. Let's get to the day. What are we at? May 10th in 1994? May 10th, 94. How, how how old were you? I was one and a half. I am two years old. <laughs> I was a little tiny baby, not thinking about anything. And oh my gosh, I should ask my parents if they followed this case. They probably didn't. How could you not though? <laughs> my mom, my mom go give me a face. So I'm not asking that shit. <laughs> I'm not hey even mom, tell me what you remember about John Wayne Gacy. She's gonna be like the clown. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, oh God. I'm gonna ask you a question because okay. you, you you brought up some. This, this is where you know you come in with the insight that I would never know about, and mm. you know I'm gonna say some after what happens happened. You know, but first, I love that like you know the people came out and everything or whatever, and you know of course mm-hmm. they came out and there was a quote in there: "The clowns got." <laughs> The clowns gonna go to hell. <laughs> the clowns gotta go see you in hell. Right? Oh, and then there was. So we're talking about all the people that are gathered around the prison um, on the day of his execution, and people are are in clown wigs. They have beautifully made T-shirts <laughs> with phrases like um, 
no tears for the clown, like, you know, different exciting merch for this execution. Would, would you have been? Would you have went? I need to know. Okay. So I have some very conflicting feelings about this. Yes. I feel like if I was there, I would I would probably get caught up in the excitement, the energy of whatever is going on. But I I don't think that I the death penalty should be a thing. Um, Understandable. And it doesn't it doesn't excite me for anyone to die regardless of their crimes it's it's a weird thing like i one part of me is like yeah fucking kill that guy right now like with a bunch of let's show a bunch of nails under his fingernails and then just like i don't know i do do a bunch of terrible things i only said that because i got a staple stuck under my fingernail at work last night and it really hurts yikes so yeah so like do some painful shit but then like it, i don't think it is the right it it shouldn't be up to people to kill other people in like such um a prescribed way i don't know it bothers me so no i don't think i would have gone I, i'm glad like, too but just think about it too like from this pov like mm-hmm. okay so they're all out there right but mm-hmm. clearly this is happening inside of the jail so it's like imagine yeah. going to like a concert but there's no performance yeah let's tell what the fuck are we here for death. right like what is know. even happening like it's, it's like a tailgate but then there's no game to go to yeah well people are just hearing this no it, there is right it, there is this conclusion people are probably listening to it on the radio and they're just waiting for that and he's gone announcement Woo! like this shit happened so with bundy this... or whatever you know i know about that oh yeah the, you made me watch the bundy tapes yeah yeah so it's a huge thing that has happened um especially with these people who (laughs) commit extremely gruesome and numerous murders um i can totally see where people get so passionate about wanting this man's life to end i there's no doubt in my mind that if i was personally affected if Mm -hmm. someone i'd known i'd be like fuck that guy um and i'm still like fuck that guy and this happened you know years before i was born but it's it's such a weird thing to see people celebrating the anticipation of one person's death so much true it's it's very strange but when i was looking at the video footage from this day i'm like this looks like a party like i want to go (laughs) it's like wait no why are we here wait a second (laughs) wait a second like i don't know a clown wig would be kind of fun but for the reason it's just weird it's weird um hit me with regardless people are having a great time oh john wayne gacy's last meal i have two i have two tidbits for you i'm ready um john wayne gacy's last meal was 12 deep fried shrimp a bucket of original recipe chicken from kfc which we knew he worked at um, French fries and a pound of strawberries. Meats and sweets. Meats and sweets. Huh. Meats, potatoes, and sweets. Yep, that was his last meal. The, that was the first tidbit. The second is, and this has been reported widely, so 
I hope that it's true and I'm not giving false information. But do you know what his last words were reported to be? No. And you could just say allegedly or whatever. Didn't say anything from what I hear. <laughs> There's yeah. there. It was three words. Oh, God. I feel like I'm about to get scared. Nope. About to get pissed off. Oh, God. Kiss my ass. Oh, no. That fucking makes me so mad. But whatever the dude's about to die you're gonna be okay in a minute or everyone else says he's gonna be dead um but that just pissed me off it's like of course your last words would be kiss my ass fuck you this dude sucks i know we're all here and we all agree but like fuck you i hope you felt bloated as hell i hope the chicken was soggy and i hope your shrimp were rotten i, I hope I the strawberries shrimp. weren't sweet shrimp's in my too. top five Oh, yeah, it'd probably be on my last meal for sure. Um, but, yeah, I hope his last meal sucked. I hope they picked really unripe strawberries. And they're really disappointing. <laughs> so up next, first, do you want to do the death? Or do you want to do what kind of, like, like I said, I don't feel bad for him whatsoever. But back no. to Karen, his sister or whatever, I I mm. feel terrible for this woman. I mean, Jesus God. Christ. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, her last She's moments with it. him. And even like being like, you know, you're my brother and I love you, but you're a fucking terrible person and may God have mercy on your soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, we can talk about her. So their last, she spent a couple hours with him before they cut off visitation hours and her reflecting on those, that time was really sad because she you can tell she's trying to reconcile John as a boy and John as the adult she knew right. with John as the evil murderer. And she's just like, and you know, I just had to finally accept that he was evil. And she said she was crying. He was crying. And she, you know, didn't even say goodbye because it's one of those things you hug and you typically don't have that moment where you know it's the last moment you're going to see someone. Mm-hmm. And how do you say a final goodbye when you know they're about to march off and go die? Right. Like, what do you be like? Well, see you on the other side. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, I don't. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Yeah, I've never, never I think thought about it. Honestly. One of the yeah, one of the last things she said to him, you know, was I hope, you know, God opens his arms to you if you're truly sorry. Mm still with that you know caveat if you're truly sorry because he we haven't seen that we never saw that from him she wishes that he could have said some sort of something appearing to be an apology to help these family members whose lives he's destroyed um get some sort of closure and yet he he didn't he just Walked in there, belly full of fucking KFC original recipe <laughs> chicken, kissed my ass, <laughs> and died. But how did he die? <laughs> yes, let's talk about it. Oh my god! So first, the family members of the the surviving family of the victims couldn't watch it live. Yeah. Oh my god! Explain, explain that shit like, to the people and me too. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, huh? Yeah, so from my understanding, 
um, people affected by crimes that result in a death sentence sit in a viewing room separated by glass and then you have the person about to die on the other side and they can they can watch it happen um that was not the case for this case um yeah they were carted off to a separate room a separate building right and were put in this what one family member calls a dungeon and just sat in rows of chairs and watched it on tv like the rest of the world and then they were just like it's done okay go home and then everybody's just like oh all right let me nod and be sad and leave now i guess like i know that so (laughs) many of them wanted to see this man die like be in the same room look this man in the eyes but they they were not given that chance and i don't really know why i don't think they explained why that wasn't the case and maybe it had something to do with the fact that they were using a maybe relatively new method of execution right for the time for the time of lethal injection or whatever yeah and so this we can kind of segue into oh wait wait, i got got two things first i got two things first yeah two things so one it made me think of like just i can (laughs) this is still back to like the people uh, mobbing or whatever it made me think of like the scene in the (laughs) water or whatever when they're like when bobby couldn't play whatever and they're like oh no we suck again (laughs) Like what the hell do you do after? <laughs> and, and you know, I completely forgot the second thing, and it's gonna come back to my mm-hmm. mind at a random moment. I'm gonna be upset now. Oh, for but. sure. <laughs> All right, you, you go ahead. Okay, so right, like we said before, um, while he's waiting for his execution date, they switch the method of execution from the electric chair to lethal injection. And the lethal injection is a cocktail of three different drugs. The first puts you to sleep. The second stops your breathing. The third stops your heart. Mm, Well, so one of the reasons or mm, yeah, I guess one of the reasons his attorney, Karen tried to stay the execution was because this method had been faulty in the past. Yeah. Um, obviously that appeal didn't work. They go through with execution. They start the injections at 1240 AM, but he doesn't die until 1258, 18 minutes after they started the injections. And it is not supposed to take this long. Right. And I guess they close the curtains, reopen them again. And he was supposed to have suffered some sort of pain while in in this 18 minute time period um whereas that's not supposed to happen um but you know i think some people were pretty happy about that that he got some some level of discomfort as he was dying um and i am not going to tell anyone how to feel right uh but be happy about (laughs) it but like mm. and some people were kind of pissed they were like hey, this was not nearly enough pain, but obviously we can't <laughs> inflict torture among people that the state puts to death. But yeah, so it takes 18 minutes for him to die. And then it's just over. Or is it? 
it's, it's I mean, come back to my mind. Dead. It's come back to my. It's come back to my mind. You know what it should have been, and I, like I said, hmm. hey, who are we to say who's to die and who should not? But you know what it should have been, and ever since I've seen it, my life has not been the same because I'm like, you know what, we should do these more often with like you know these racist pricks and just these terrible people or whatever. Hmm. They should have to go straight Cersei style, shave your head, walk <laughs> naked down the street or whatever. We're going to throw fucking potato, yeah. uh, like tomatoes at you, whatever, spit at you. And like. potatoes. Potatoes would hurt worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. A <laughs> couple of damn potato, sweet potatoes or whatever out like where, um, out where we live or whatever. Good luck. Oh, get the pointy ones. Yeah. Shame. Um, Shame. <laughs> so I can get a bell. Shame. Let's go. But also, no one wants to see John Wayne Gacy naked. Oh, yes, that's true. So that would hurt more people <laughs> than it would help. I feel like you were thinking about it, and now you're like, oh, God, ugh, get that out of my I head. I know. I can't get that mental image out of my head. Gross. All I see is that disgusting um, mustache. Oh, my God. His nasty ass teeth, which we, we will mention every episode. <laughs> this is maybe the final time. You're I still not over it. it. I can't be. There's so many close-ups, and I'm like, please don't talk with your bottom teeth out. Fuck. <laughs> but he continued to do so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right, we this is the fifth of six episodes, and we already get to his execution, right? Yeah. Um, that's the end of the story, isn't it? Oh wait, no, it's not. The case did not die with Gacy. Because of course it didn't. Of course it didn't. We're still talking about it. That's why we're making a podcast about it. That's why this documentary was made. And then we get to this big question. Were there other people involved? Yeah. Was it a snuff film operation? I'm glad they broke that Who, down because I was like, what the fuck is a snuff film? A snuff film, yes. For those of us who do not know, a snuff film is something that is okay so it's a film people make where people are tortured possibly killed it is recorded for um consumption by people who will pay for it which is horrifying to fucking think about that someone could be into that and actually I'm going to shout out another podcast on this one, but you introduced me to it. The Have you listened to the You're Wrong About episode about snuff films? I have not, but I'm going to go um, find okay. it Yeah, so listen to that after, and you can tell me if you think snuff films are actually real. Also, a uh, um, side note, too, I mentioned this on, like, I want to say the, maybe the first episode or whatever, at least with John, you know, where oh oh when John Gacy was saying he has multiple personalities or whatever that bullshit mm-hmm. and I told yeah. you there's an anime where like there was a character and he literally has like seven different forms of himself oh yeah all stuck in one or whatever but on mm-hmm. that same anime and also in the same chapter or you know whatever <laughs> you want to call it saga yeah there is a quote-unquote snuff film of humans who are torturing and killing demons what? Oh. And the video like makes oh. people go crazy and shit. Like that's literally what made this dude turn evil. Like, so I'm really that's gonna have to make ring. you watch the Yu Show, man. I'm telling you. You do. I do need to watch that as soon as I get done with Outer Banks. But oh that's God. a different Emily's show. Trying to make me watch that shit. Okay, one. Sorry, everyone who's listening on this tangent. Freaking do it. I was not <laughs> convinced. 
and now I can't stop watching it. Anyway, not even in North Carolina. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I know we're, I know. we're from North Carolina, guys. So it's, it's a little bit insulting. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. It is, it is, but it was also because of North Carolina that it wasn't shot in North Carolina. They didn't oh. shoot it there because of our bathroom bill. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. end of tangent, end well, of yeah, tangent. We also lost the All-Star game that time, but go ahead, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're back, <laughs> we're back. Snuff films, does it exist? Snuff films, yada, yada. Let's talk about this new asshole. <laughs> oh my God, okay, yes. okay. So, right, there are these questions that, were there more people involved? A lot of people think, yeah. How could he have done this all by himself? Um, so in earlier episodes, we mentioned Rossi and Cram, which were his two bully companions that lived with John Wayne Gacy for periods of time. And one got a car of one of the dead boys and all this other stuff. So, and these are the boys that dug the trenches, trenches in the basement. Okay, so obviously, if we're talking about other people that could have been involved, these are two obvious characters. But right. then we have Phil Paskey and John Norman. Do you want to talk a little bit about who these people are? Yes, ma'am. I wrote down their <laughs> names for a reason because I was like, now wait a fucking second. So I, I didn't know we were about to get into fucking young boy sex trafficking. Yeah. What yep. in the actual fuck is happening worse. right now? Yep. It gets worse. So, John Norman, and dear God, if this is the best picture they could find of this man, he looks like a corpse. <laughs> um, he, is, <laughs> he is gaunt. He is pale. His skin is the same color as his very snow white hair. He's got creepy glasses on they're from the 70s every pair of glasses glasses were terrible creepy and weird um so john norman is an older fellow who did time for assaulting some kids and while he was in jail he started something called the delta project which was a sex trafficking ring that's a sick name the delta project and i think in the documentary it goes under like multiple names whatever i'm calling it the delta project from now on right so he's working at like the jail or the prison's like printing press department i don't know but he like makes um like pamphlets i I found out that um my job or whatever we don't got to reveal that but i found out that my job is one of the Mm -hmm. few places still in our you know our our state your former state or whatever mm-hmm. that still actually has a printing press because the rest of the places or whatever um they sent them to the jail and they do it now really swear oh just found that out well, like, hope, this week i hope we aren't starting more sex trafficking rings this <laughs> well, week. Who knows? that's how this one was started <laughs> right and so he's <laughs> he's making this documentation and starts a sex trafficking ring and this is where John Norman meets Phil Paskey, who is a younger kid. And so after John Norman leaves jail um, or prison, Phil Paskey takes over the Delta Project operation. And the whole thing, like we said, it's a sex trafficking ring for young boys. Um, boys for hire for sex is the way they put it. And as well as like they say making snuff films. Um, I don't know if this has ever been verified, 
but that's what they say is going on with this whole Delta project. Okay, so you may be thinking, how are these two men associated with John Wayne Gacy, aside from their disgusting proclivities for young boys? Well, Phil Paskey worked for Gacy. I tell you, like, it, it gave me fucking, like, imagine just any type of cop movie or whatever or something just and they have like the strings or whatever connecting people like i just like that oh shit just god. popped in my head right there and i'm like oh god i hate everything right now i just hate it seriously you know these investigators had yeah that board their whole living room their entire house plastered with like pudgy gacy and corpse like john norman and all these other people strings going from each one but they all lead back to Gacy right so Phil Paskey worked for Gacy and so that's how these people are kind of connected and so Gacy threw out when he was like alluding to maybe other people were involved maybe other people buried the boys in his basement um that Rossi Cram Phil Paskey and John Norman were involved John Gacy also denies ever having known John Norman and then people speculating on this well John like, didn't John didn't know him Jack did Jack, oh my god <laughs> Jack probably fucking did I had to bring it John back. Norman and Jack god. <laughs> god I just the levels the layers of his idiocy are truly astounding i'm so upset that this i forget is just the audio podcast because i wish the people could see how annoyed you are right now like I am you so are visibly upset. stressed and i, I kind of like it i am <laughs> just like oh my god how could i forget about his dumbass alter ego and yet i did because this gets deeper and deeper and grosser because it's not even a forget. good name it's not even a good name no. like like mookie god. is so much different than darius or whatever you know what i'm saying like oh I'm, I'm john no i'm jack yeah, <laughs> which is so stupid but yeah jack probably knew john norman but of course john gacy didn't know john norman anyways he's like uh did, did i know him no i haven't seen a recent picture of him could you show me a picture who who could that man possibly be i love your gacy okay mannerisms. so oh my god so i'm, I'm really talking with my hands now because i'm so stressed and <laughs> this guy's so annoying um, but yeah, so we enter these two new characters, and then it cuts back to Gacy's sister, who like gets a dresser and something else from the police. Like they're clearing his stuff out, right, of his yeah. house, and she's going through his stuff, and then finds like something taped to the underside of the drawers where she thought of course the police would discover this they didn't and Mm. can you fucking imagine can you imagine finding pornographic pictures of your brother serial killer your serial killer brother taped to like the underside of a dresser drawer like what the fuck so she finds these shoves them back in their little envelopes and gives them to the police because one disgusting two evidence um but yeah, she was like, it was pictures of John and it was like a three-person thing. This is just horrifying and I feel so bad for this woman. And she gives them to the police and then John and Gacy's like, well, you should watch 
John Norman's snuff films to see if you can identify any of the victims. And you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, if you have information, give it to the cops because you're literally going to die. And right. Like, what's doesn't... happening? <laughs> and then we revisit the guy who was um, uh, chauffeuring Gacy to and from different places. The guy where Gacy makes a comment that in response to how many people did you really kill, John? He's like, mm, 45 sounds like a good number. Jesus. 45 sounds like a good number and then people are like well okay so you and and it is proven pretty much that you don't just wake up and start killing people and burying them in your basement so we know that we found 33 bodies but what was going on before he started hiding people in the house what was going on when he was traveling out of state for work People are pretty sure that more than he killed more than 33 boys, but we don't know. I think so, personally. Uh, yeah, same. And I don't know if you have anything else to say about sort of those two guys for now, or if we want to transition into my boy, Bill Dorsch. I want to go ahead and transition into your boy or whatever, because it is, you know, the, the, the conclusion for episode five, because I was just like, same thing or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like yo dog he's dead what do we talk why why is there an episode six you know yeah what are we gonna do right like what's happening you know and i'm I'm gonna talk talk about what i thought about episode six too but you know Mm -hmm. just go go ahead go ahead end us off with five strong kaylee all right so enter bill dorsch who is a retired detective who knew gacy because he lived close to gacy's mother well when gacy gets arrested bill dorsch remembers some weird things like when he came home one night and sees Gacy in the shadows with a shovel this is at like 3 a.m right Mm. so he sees Gacy with a shovel says hey buddy what you doing there and he's like you know me not enough hours in the day gotta find time to do all the things he kind of made a joke about it at the time but when Gacy gets arrested and all of his crimes are revealed he goes to investigators about it yeah and what did the investigators do with this information? Well, mm, oh no. Literally nothing. They did nothing. <laughs> okay. So there's a couple more points in episode five. Dorsch, being the detective that he is, goes to interview other neighbors, right? There's this guy who was a kid at the time who was mowing lawns. He was 12. He saw John gacy and another man digging trenches at gacy's mother's house or like the apartment that she lived in and he said they were about four feet deep two feet wide and then one day the ditches were filled and this happened overnight and then bushes were planted in them so Mm -hmm. he's like that's weird they must have done that overnight because they were just there yesterday i'm going to school this morning the ditches are or the trenches are filled in so that's weird another neighbor saw Gacy with trash bags what looked to be heavy trash bags and him carrying them like in the middle of the night another neighbor said that Gacy was normal he had coffee with him and then he started to change and he said he looked like he was in a horror movie and this man actually lived in the apartment complex that his mother lived in and so for context John and Gacy was like the maintenance man for this apartment complex and 
he this neighbor would hear like digging and pounding on concrete in the laundry room of the apartment building and this guy told police about it and he said they said we don't want any more bodies that shit i'm literally go back to our cold open or whatever what is your job dog like what the fuck is your job trust retired cops who other cops don't listen to because they are in it for pure reasons i swear they are in it to come to to bring light to the truth but not active cops they don't want any more bodies they don't want to mess anything up so this is infuriating so multiple neighbors called the police and they never did anything they never did anything and so then a company comes out and they use gpr which is ground penetrating radar and so for those of you who don't know i actually use ground penetrating radar in some of my personal research um Talk your but shit. essentially you take <laughs> you take this machine and um, it's on four wheels. It kind of looks like a lawnmower and you walk it over the ground and you get these sort of weird grainy looking reports back. But what these tell you is if there are any anomalies in the ground. So it's a remote sensing technique and you see essentially you see boundaries between different things whether it's rock layers or if it's ground that has been undisturbed or disturbed which is the case right if you are going to bury a body um, or if you see a body Um, and so when they (laughs) used ground penetrating radar they found like 17 anomalies Uh like (laughs) they found 17 anomalies and Bill Dorsch was told that nothing was going to happen. There wasn't going to be a dig, even though the like president of this radar company was like, you should dig here. This is weird. Yeah. But then they did do a dig, but, but they dug <laughs> specifically where one of the neighbors told them not to dig because there was no way because of the specific landscaping in this area that they would have been able to like bury something why did they do that why did they dig where they should not specifically have dug like the two places where they were not supposed to dig they dug explain this to me pontificate on this infuriating like pure infuriating like why even open your mouth or whatever if like no one's listening? And Why? my next thing, I wrote poor Bill Dorsch. He put so much work into this for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> and he, you know, he sort of thinks out loud about maybe it's some sort of cover-up by the cops by the investigators because this was such a huge case and people probably made their careers off of this um and if it were to come out that they kind of screwed up the investigation there would be repercussions oh Oh my god oh my god no way (laughs) that they did their jobs incorrectly i mean you know like what we're gonna talk about in episode six or whatever um yeah you you, you want my last note i do (sighs) 
there's 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 not a there's not a nigga involved. I didn't write that because you know because <laughs> he he didn't even deserve that or whatever. But I put dude reaching out to the police and they're like, nah, no more bodies. Three upside down smiling faces. They dig in the wrong places. Cover up? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> I had that. I wrote that. <laughs> same amount of question marks. Oh I had the God. same note too. <laughs> yes. I told you, man, you be in my mind some days. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, this is wonderful and also terrible. <sighs> and that's where episode five leaves us with the completely inept Chicago police fucking things up, doing things wrong on purpose, it seemingly. So you, you just watched yeah. them back to back or whatever. So I watched five mm-hmm. yesterday when I got home and I watched six early this morning. So you can imagine like yesterday just being like, what the fuck? Like, oh, uh, yeah. just Jesus. And ugh, gracious almighty. Yeah. Ugh, it's about the best descriptor. Um, I want to know, you know, as we are in part six, the conclusion of this, it never ends. Such a great title. Is, Such a great title. Uh, it never ends. Yeah. I'm, 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 I want I want your first note and then I'm going to tell you mine. <laughs> because okay. my first note is a bar. Well, not a bar. It's just what the fuck. Okay. So uh, my first two are very closely related. I wrote that Gacy says he has no recollection of the victims and he has studied their pictures over and over and over again as he's flipping through his like victim Bible. And then he says, I consider myself the 34th victim. <laughs> oh my fucking God, I forgot about Mother, that. <laughs> motherfucker. I forgot about that shit. Uh, are, are you ready for mine? Mm-hmm. I wrote verbatim. Dude is a fucking psycho referencing the victims like he didn't know them or whatever. And this nigga got a whole ass fuck. Like, okay, it, I literally wrote this now. I'm, I'm just, I, you can tell I'm mad. I said, <laughs> nigga actually has a fucking victim portfolio upside down emoji. <laughs> what the fuck is happening, Kaylee? <laughs> so throughout the entire documentary, Gacy is like, flipping through and i'm not joking this thing has to be six inches like in thickness like Like this huge huge like binder of paperwork that he has put together himself because he's a very important man and he can assemble documents and pictures and whatever Mm. and so he can reference anything at any time to show you how much he knows about his case and how wrong it is So he has all their pictures and this person, if we can call him that, has the audacity to be like, I don't know any of them. These are all unfamiliar faces. And you know what? I wanted to learn as much as I could about these men. Um, So I looked into what schools they went to, who their friends were, what they like to do it's just like are you shedding me like the audacity <laughs> this motherfucker was re- this motherfucker had a damn recruiting like he was he was recruiting them or whatever like they were five-star athletes like what the fuck <laughs> seriously like and i feel like it was just like oh uh, uh. then he got off on just being like 
I've assembled all of this information in a notebook and I'm going to tell you I don't know who these people were but like knowing that he murdered them like that's just disgusting could you could you repeat it one more time when that motherfucker said I feel like I am the 34th <laughs> I consider myself the 34th victim are you kidding <laughs> what i would have done to be like one of the cats or a fly on the wall in bozeman when that shit happened on your tv screen i'm telling you (laughs) i was fucking pissed like i haven't heard (laughs) jesus christ like this is like top three things that serial killers have said that have pissed me off this might be number one at least that comes to my mind right now because he, you... he, he was saying some wild shit on the last episode or whatever but i mean Jesus i know <laughs> the amount of things that this man has said that just made me go are you fucking kidding like there's no way he just said that and he did he did yeah but you know what i think about this episode though and i'm gonna be mm-hmm. all the way honest with you because i was like okay we're about to literally talk about i was like okay it's 52 minutes i'm like he's already dead so what's mm-hmm. gonna happen right I felt like there was a lot of repeating the same thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of wasn't necessary. I get it, you know, money, but you know, you need a part six. You need to know, like, okay, going into now, you know what I'm saying? But also, yeah. it kind of reminded me, and this is about to be the this about to be the wildest reference I think I've ever hit on this podcast <laughs> or whatever. Um, have you ever seen Siesta Key? No, it is a terrible white girl show that me and my girlfriend watch or whatever. And okay, literally, <laughs> the the lead guy, Alex or whatever, wasn't on the most recent season. You know, because of course he said some dumbass racist shit. You know, can't really have that. So they were having the white season, people. but like he's not up there. But he was filmed with them, so they're having to work around it and edit him out of everything. So, oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it, it just wasn't good, right? Well, it's no like, who the fuck wants to watch this if Gacy's already gone? That was the comparison. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because we already know the police trash. I feel like they just gave us 52 minutes of the police were not doing their job. Really, sir? Ooh, really, sir? I mean, surprise. Well, oh my God. I mean, was letting somebody off that was supposed to have a 10 year sentence after 18 months? I mean, come on. We, we, we can make an entire another episode for them being trash. I mean, being honest. seriously this episode felt like if you were 18 years old and then your parents came to you with all the seriousness in the world and said i gotta tell you something you don't know and i know you haven't known but santa claus isn't real and you're like i've been fucking knowing this i fucking knew santa wasn't real i, I was actually the, the cops fairy. are trash <laughs> I, it was me the whole time <laughs> scooby-doo reveal like it was me what a guy wait waiting for for you meddling kids <laughs> like yeah we fucking know dude we know the cops are trash we know this but bill dorsch i guess maybe do cops go through like some of them make it through and you know emerge out of their chrysalis and go i'm a good cop now like can we have more <laughs> bill dorsches God, that guy's a treasure, and no one tell me anything bad about him if there's something bad out there, if he's done some reprehensible shit, because in this documentary, he's the hero. Yeah, we don't have many people to cheer for. No, we don't. (laughs) So, Paul Dorch is a hero in my mind. 
But yeah, Gacy's still an asshole. He considers himself 34th victim. <laughs> that is the sickest thing I think I've heard. And God. And then we get to like, okay, so I think he's he be the 46th one? He should be the uh, <laughs> 46 sounds like a good number. Go <laughs> ahead. Oh, yeah, I think his name's Craig Bowley. This is like Gacy's prison correspondent. Is that the guy who's like, I felt love for him and I also hated him. And he, yeah, what I don't the really fuck? get did, did, this guy. I was, I'm telling you, they was reaching for content because they had nothing else to talk about. And they're just like, let's just bring in this guy and this journalist and this. Like, yeah. it was like, like, it was like they was reaching. Michael Jordan fucking it last was- shot in Space Jam reaching. Oh, I know Space Jam. I get that one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so what is pretty interesting um, and also is very confusing is that this guy, Craig, finds some forgotten tapes from Gacy. So Gacy didn't want the guards to clean out his cell after he died. So he, the last time Craig, who is a guy that's been visiting Gacy, has been having extended phone conversations with him, who has just become become kind of his, like, friend at this point, but also not. It's very confusing, their relationship. I mean, just think about it. How can you not be friends with somebody that's such a great artist? I mean, good Lord. That's such a Michelangelo of our times, of the <laughs> 90s. Oh, my God. But he... So the last time Craig sees Gacy, he gives Craig a box full of tape. And what I truly do not understand is that Craig says he forgets about these tapes until about a year before he's interviewed for this documentary. And guess what's on the tapes? It is. Gacy's confessions. It is from like early 1979 and it's him confessing and maybe talking to either a, I think it's a lawyer about his crimes. He's like, yeah, I just, I just threw him down the cross space. Oh yeah. I put another guy in the woods. I just threw that guy in the woods behind a high school. I didn't Jesus. bury him. Now I just put him back there. And then the lawyer's like, well, why did the river come into play? Why did you dump bodies in the river? He's like, I don't know. I guess it was just easier. But you kind of have to listen to the recording of these tapes to understand that the difference between Gacy on these tapes in 1979 versus Gacy being interviewed for this documentary, that difference is truly astounding because in the interview for the documentary, he's very confident, he's assured, he knows that he's innocent and you can't tell him otherwise and he has the fucking murder bible to back it up (laughs) (laughs) in these in these confession tapes he's like nervous and he's a little quiet and just overall timid and confessing to the murders and so it is mind-boggling that craig did not listen to these tapes until like a year before he's interviewed for this documentary. But yeah, so we have these confession tapes. Jesus. So we uh, review that a little bit in the documentary. And then we go to 2011 Chicago. Uh, you know, 
I, I'm just gonna throw this bar in here or whatever, and you know, like, hey, I don't, you know, I, fuck it, this, this is my pot. I don't give a damn what people think, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I just, I just think, you know, it's it's so crazy because, well, you know, stop killing each other in Chicago, or whatever, all that gang violence, or whatever, the black on black violence, the crimes, and everything. I mean, you know, when 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 we see. Hey, stuff was corrupt. Hey, hey, stuff still kind of corrupt. Hey, no, the 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 police department. Yeah, they don't really care. They don't give a damn. Yeah, no. you know. But no, we know this. Uh, it doesn't been... matter because it's black people. We're just all killing each other and just. Uh, man, just... Ooh, what do I know? Go ahead. Man, Hair flip. Yeah, I had to get, I had to get that. No, in that's fair. <laughs> worth talking Jesus about Christ, every Chicago, fucking You know, because. Did you know Chicago has the most guns? Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Oh, my God. Okay, so Q2011 Chicago. We have a new sheriff, Sheriff Dart. And he is interviewed on this documentary. And so this is like Lieutenant Sheriff, Vice Sheriff, Deputy Sheriff. I don't know what the fuck this guy is. But these guys are on there. And I was actually like pretty excited to see these guys at first because um sheriff dart is very interested in using um the most recent technologies to re-examine cold cases and this deputy guy i can't remember his name i'm gonna call him deputy yeah um he is like well what about the gacy case and sheriff dart's like uh that one is closed we got that guy he is dead there's nothing worth investigating but if we remember from earlier episodes we still have eight unidentified victims. Yes, ma'am. Bodies we found. Okay. So in 2011, we have a lot more technology that can help identify these folks, um, specifically advances in DNA. Right. So in 2011, Sheriff Dart goes on air and is asking for families Um to submit DNA samples to help identify the other eight victims. So this is the cold part of the case that they're trying to re-examine. And so they have a lead for one William Bundy who went missing in 1976. AKA Bill. AKA Bill. There's they a lot kept of throwing Bills, me off or whatever. John, like, a lot yeah. of, yeah. So Bill Bundy, who, like I said, went missing in 1976 um he was sort of smaller in stature which is important because one of his friends at the time came to the cops and were like it was weird because he came up with like a couple hundred bucks in cash saying you know in 1976 money you're talking about a young kid of a couple hundred bucks it's a lot of money and he's like, how did you get that? He's like, I'm working construction now. So this friend thought it was weird because he was small. Um, and then he goes missing. And they only got a partial DNA profile, I think. But what was interesting was, so at the time, the way that in 1970s, 80s, the way they identified victims were through dental records. Yes. And so... They're trying to like exhume bodies now to get DNA profiles to hopefully match them to family members. Um, But they couldn't get a complete profile. But there's something interesting about this kid's teeth. He had his two, I think, like upper canines, the eye teeth. 
yeah. pulled. And we eventually find out that William Bundy, Bill Bundy, was a, the 19th victim, was victim 19. So we identified him. So that's great. Because his sister had the teeth. His sister had the teeth. So the investigators that are trying to like find these unidentified victims were like, hey, do you have a picture of him smiling so we can see the missing teeth? Well, no, they were just, he just asked if you had a, if she had a picture of him smiling. She was like, no, my mom got rid of it all. It was too hard to look at. She's like, but I have this, I have this. Oh, I have his teeth. He's like, the, wait, what? <laughs> the deputy's like, uh, hey. Like, oh, perfect. That's him. That so we have identified Bill Bundy. And as sad as it is that he was a victim of these crimes, it gives the family a sense of closure. And they can have his body to bury like in a grave that, you know, has his name on it. So that is nice. Um but yeah, okay. So we're at you know, 2011 Chicago, we're trying to identify victims. So where do you want to go from here? Okay, so I feel like this next part, literally, and I'm no disrespect to anybody and everything. I felt like we were going in such a circle, like a repetitive circle of, oh my God, was this guy a victim of Gacy? He is, but he isn't. He isn't, but he is. Like, what the? I got confused and had to rewind. Marino. Yes. Or number 14, what they thought or didn't think. I'm so confused. And we still don't really know because two people are saying different things. So we have Michael Marino who went missing at 14 years old. Okay. So there's this guy named Stephen Becker who's an attorney and got involved in the case in 2011 to investigate a potential misidentification of a victim who the police say is Michael Marino. But it's a really, okay, so it's a really tragic story because Michael Marino's mother has this mom instinct that, no, that actually isn't her son's body who's buried at the grave marked Michael Marino. And when Michael went missing, his mother went to the cops and of course, they were like, uh, no, no, no. He's a runaway. He's just a runaway. And this is just super fucked up how they treated her for years. Um, I, I saw your son even, the other day or whatever. I mean, he just ran off. Yes. I couldn't catch him. Yeah, there was a cop that, that was BS. like, yeah, I saw him. He ran away. So he's just a runaway. And I couldn't Such catch him. Whatever. I, was too, I was too busy eating donuts or whatever. You know, I mean, okay, so this kid was 14. The last interaction he had with his mom he gave her a kiss goodbye. I'll be home later. That's not a runaway. She knows her son. And not fuck, who the that. fuck runs away at 14, too? Like, come on, dog. Yeah, I it's, it's just really it's tragic. Ridiculous. And his mother had to hire her own investigators because, and I wrote, quote, cops suck. And this is when I'm like, oh, you can only retru- uh, only trust retired cops who active cops hate. That's it, because Bill Dorsch is doing the work, and the active cops suck, have sucked, will probably continue to suck. Maybe not, hopefully not, but that's the fact of this case, right? So Michael Marino was at first not a victim of Gacy, and then he was identified as a victim, and his mom was asked to come in to look at all these items that they recovered from the body. 
like personal effects. And she didn't recognize any of them as being something that Michael would have had on him or have ever owned. So there are so many mismatched things from the autopsy report too. Like, I think in the autopsy report, like one of the, like Michael had a missing tooth, but in the autopsy report, the tooth was there. The body that they said was Michael Marino had like some sort of collarbone fracture, but to his mom's knowledge, her 14 year old son had never broken his collarbone. It was just all really confusing. My, my favorite one. Oh, well, he could have been of Native American descent. No, we're Italian. Oh, yeah. 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 They were like possible Native American descent. Nope. Straight up Italian. <laughs> and so like, there are so many mismatched things. And so she, his mother has hired this attorney to help her out. So they exhume his body in 2012. A DNA sample was taken. The Anyone from the sheriff's office was absent at the time of the exhumation. And like the way they got the DNA sample was through his like some of his teeth. But at the time of the original investigation, the pathologist or whoever is responsible um, for this like took the jaws the upper and lower jaw that shit was so boys? wild like i wrote that down and i'm like wait wait so none of these kids have jaws because the teeth is the only okay. way you can kind of identify yes Crazy. so they kept their jaws because at the time you could only identify people through dental records but when they exhumed the body that was supposed to be michael marino part of the upper jaw was still there so they could get dna and then the sheriff's office like no there's no way you could do that. And they're like, no, but we did. And then the external lab report says there's no way that Mrs. Marino could be this boy's mother. And the sheriff's office is like, no, no, it's it's definitely Michael Marino. When I tell you so, <laughs> like, it, it was so much back and forth and is and a and this and that. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. he's clearly a victim of something. And how yeah. do we know he's not? I mean, something happened to this this kid, literally. Yeah. No, he unfortunately, was I don't think he's Never out seen here. Again. You know. Yeah. Unfortunately, but it's it just... is. But Jesus Christ, I'm. I, I was so lost. I, like I literally was like, I was taking my notes, and I'm like, I hope Kaylee knows what's going on because I am completely like, what the fuck, right here. Yeah, yeah. It was a really confusing part of this episode too, and especially to. I mean, it's important that they focused on this, but it, they spent a lot of time focusing on this. Yes, and they repeated themselves multiple was, times. And it's like, is he or is he not number 14? And how do we know he's not number 35? I mean, because, you know, Gacy is number 34. Yeah. I, or, Obviously. <laughs> just, I, yeah, I don't but, know. Yeah, it's so confusing. It, it's just such a back and forth and this weird conflict between the sheriff's office and Mrs. Marino. And you don't get an answer. The sheriff's office is like, our doors are open. Our phone lines are clear. They just need to come to us with the report. We don't want any more bodies. You know? And, And it's just really confusing. And you feel really bad for the mother, for Mrs. Marino, because, well, I mean, she seems 
somewhat satisfied in that that's not her son's body, but she also doesn't know where her son is or what happened to him. And it's just this terrible back and forth where the sheriff's office is not considering the independent, well-respected lab report that they came up with based on DNA evidence. And they're sort of denying that that could have been something that they were able to do because the jaws were supposed to be removed. And it's just this messy thing. And we don't know if Michael Moreno was a victim or not. I think you. There are two people confidently saying very different things. Which which is crazy because it goes literally into what's next of the sketchiness between the police and then, you know, the investigators and this stuff. And, you know, we'll write a talk about or whatever of old girl put the joint on her blog and then they're like oh well you know we're gonna go back and dig in you know where his mom used to live so take it away they they okay so enter into the documentary this journalist who was i don't know 17 at the time that gacy got arrested she gets interested in this case and she's like hey hey cops hey police you're not doing anything so she kind of puts him on blast and says why aren't you investigating the yard of Gacy's mother where they're reported to have been weird occurrences Gacy walking around with a shovel uh the kid who used to mow mow lawns like he saw these trenches being dug like why aren't we back there and so she gives I think Bill Dorsch um an opportunity to write an open letter she posts it on her blog and someone contacts her is like hey They've actually, they already dug there like six days ago, but no one knew about it. It was not announced. And for such a high profile case, Mm -hmm. to go back and dig again, like, or to go back and, or to go dig. Right. Like, (laughs) these were the two holes we talked about, the locations they shouldn't have dug in. Um. It's weird because the sheriff is like, well, we didn't want to make it a big deal because we knew that it would have been a big deal. It would have been a circus. We we didn't want to draw that attention. So we're just not going to tell anybody. (laughs) And once again, of the 17 locations identified by ground penetrating radar, like they don't really acknowledge that those findings. So they just dig. And you know, they didn't find anything. They said, nope, we didn't find anything. That's it. We we did our due diligence. We investigated this. But, like, they didn't do their due diligence. I, I, and they're I, like, well, we also have to respect the landowner's rights. I'm like, I'm sorry, but if I was the people that owned that property, I'd want to fucking know if there were bodies in there. Burn it to the I'd ground. My damn self. Burn it to the ground. Uh, what are we doing? Hell no. Hell no. Uh-uh. I would dig through crust, mantle, and core to find them bodies if I thought I was sitting on them. And the dude said it best or whatever too. Like he's like, dog, how long is it going to take? Or how, it's not going to be even that much money to mm-hmm. you know get some more cement and resod some grass. Trust me, there. Yeah, seriously. And they just don't. And to this day, who knows if anyone's buried under there? Who knows if there are more missing boys, you know? And it's really tragic because all there are 
so many people probably wondering what happened to their sons and this could have led to something or it could not have we don't know because they did not dig up this rather small piece of land to Mm. find that out and so we have the sheriff's office that's like yeah we're doing everything we can but like are they no no not at all once again big old let down from the boys in blue up there and it's just it's it's so it's disappointing it is because you're just like this is all you had to do so like why aren't you doing it and but there could Gacy be told us reasons. this is all a setup or whatever. You know, you, th- you think I can do this alone or whatever? You think this is all just me? You th- like, yeah, hey, this this is not actually right or whatever. Gacy was right all along, guys. Get, well, I'm, well, I'm well, well. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. <laughs> no one isolate that soundbite, please. Jesus, <laughs> don't, don't give them no ideas. <laughs> they take everything out of context. They take everything out of context or whatever. But yeah, so fuck cops. Yeah, I, I only have, <laughs> I only got like one more big, like not even big, but just like kind of no or whatever. If it, it, but yeah. I can go second if you want to go first, man. Okay, so yeah, to maybe clear up some blanket statements that I may have made. Yeah. Um, the cops in this case that are doing the investigating that you know investigated originally and this reopening of the case in the 2010s um they kind of fuck things up that's not great we have some people pushing for uh, more vigorous investigation but we kind of left this documentary i felt i left it feeling really unsatisfied until you know well until and including our little like final slides of the documentary where yes. cram so like our major players right so i think the first ones we cover are like paskey and the uh what's the guy's name the john norman yeah they both john norman died in 2009 i think i want to say paskey died in 2001 i actually meant to look into their manners of death but i forgot mm-hmm. um so they're gone. We can't hear from them is the yes. important thing here. David Cram committed suicide in 2001. We cannot hear from him. Right. Rossi, however, is still alive and remains silent to this day. St- declined to be on this, on this documentary, has not said mm-hmm. shit. Is, he is out here like, you know, this, this is the term over here in the community or whatever. My name's Bennett and I'm not in it. <laughs> he is not and so we have some people hoping that and rossi is still alive and he remains silent to this day and like i said people are hoping that he will make some sort of deathbed confession and i guess this is a story that it remains unsatisfyingly open um one thing i will say is that in 2017 another unidentified victim yes was identified so we are left with six victims still yet to be named and we may or may not see those boys identified i'm hoping that we will so those families can get some closure um and sort of the very last thing that really 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 broke my heart was Don Voorhees. 
Oh God, and yes. If you remember Don Borkey's from, I want to say our last episode, he was a survivor of Gacy, um, who was uh, horrifically assaulted, and was the man that was trying to testify at the trial, but got really drunk the night before, was drunk at the trial. And just because he could not handle anything that had to do with Gacy and what happened to him. And it's just so heartbreaking. He died by suicide and his, his life was just ruined from, you know, essentially the day, the day that he got assaulted, he Mm. ended up calling someone, a prosecutor that he didn't know that well. And was, before he before he died and just talking about that how his life was ruined he lost his like his wife and kids left and Mm. essentially he just you know his life was so affected and you see these effects going through his survivors and the victims families and i that that part had it really broke my heart yeah. yeah and um i hope that he found some peace at some point in his life um but yeah as far as i'm concerned i was i knew that i would be unsatisfied with the ending of this documentary because of the nature of the case itself but that they had a cool little really run for five episodes thing. man this this, know, this six episode six. man it was like you know could have cut it at five but yeah, maybe we'll hear something from Rossi at some point. He's like the last one left. I'm gonna be to pissed. Like really I'm, I'm gonna be pissed if, like, literally right after we drop this, he comes out and says mm-hmm. something. I'm gonna be pissed. Oh that's, my God. that's how shit works. That's literally how shit yeah, works seriously. with these or whatever. Like, we, I'll, we, I'll, I'll do these pods or whatever in the minute we release them. You know what? If it's if it means something coming out about Gacy, I'm here for it. But I mean, I'll continue to, yeah, I'll continue to follow this and just, you know, maybe I'll be 45 and like, guess what? The seventh episode or the, yeah, seventh episode, you didn't ask for it. Here we are. Oh, you you mean, you mean you also are a victim? I'm the 35th victim because I'm pissed about how annoying John Wayne Gacy is. (laughs) Um. You you got any closing thoughts on this before we we close this out and uh, give the people the the teaser that we've been waiting for? Oh, um, closing thoughts: John and Gacy sucks. Clowning is weird, and I hate the verb <laughs> clowning um, that he used multiple times in this documentary. I don't know why I'm so hyper focused on it. Um, but oh, I am PD? glad he's not plaguing this world chicago pd can suck it (laughs) i hope we get some good people in there um i'm not from chicago but holy shit y'all deserve better and yeah that's pretty much it um it was interesting jumping into a field where i know nothing about this because you guys know normally i don't speak about things i don't know you know what i'm saying but, you know, that's why I brought in an expert for this. Um, I <laughs> I deliberately did not look up anything about Gacy or whatever, because I didn't know if he was still alive or not. Or if, you know, so yeah. 
episode five, I'm like, oh shit. So this is it because I need to look it up now because I think I I saw something about his birthday that creeped me out because he did, it, did. it's pretty close to mine and I don't like that. <laughs> oh, it's the, it's St. Patrick's Day. That's why. Okay, it's th- like three days oh, after. Mine. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we talked about that. I, I still need to tell my friend who's has the same birthday that she shares a birthday with John and Casey. Yeah, let, let me get this <laughs> yeah, shit off my like fucking. That. Let me get that out of my safari. I don't even need that sick energy or whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I, I had fun with this. I had fun. I am so glad that I got to walk you through the terrible tale of John Wayne Gacy. And maybe there's more to come. There, in there, the same is. Vein. there is because, you know, I, I will let the expert pick, pick next and everything. But I found something out. Something popped up. And we've actually both been listening to the You're Wrong About about this person or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy. But guys, coming up soon potentially hey, we ain't gonna say next week whatever you know we're, we're busy people over. She, she's out here doing too many damn jobs i mean <laughs> your boys out here giving you three you know two to three pods a week or whatever i'm streaming on twitch or whatever we got music coming i mean music just dropped too immaculate freestyle in the bio um <laughs> five year anniversary of the best 30 for 30 by far and one of my personal favorite docs ever OJ made in America. I brought it up. Oh, yeah. She loved the idea. I mean, are you excited for OJ? The juice is loose. Yes, um, I am so excited yeah. to go over Orenthal James Simpson and revisit this doc five years later. Uh, and you can, this is going to be a real collaboration. Not that this isn't, but He's a sports guy. Yeah, the, the sports side. The sports side. This is my lane. So this is a terrible combination of two things we know and love. And I'm very excited to delve into this with you. I'm going to warn everyone that is going to be listening to the OJ part. So whatever, because they're going to be like, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> if the word nigga bothers you i'm gonna just go ahead and warn you now whatever i'm letting them loose on them episodes because this nigga oj that's all i gotta say you got i can't yep. i can't fucking wait i love this doc we're I gonna uh if you love it if you haven't seen it if you half saw it we're gonna go over the whole thing it's gonna be amazing and I'm so ready to explain to you. So, yeah, you know, a Heisman Trophy Award winner and, you know, like the, the demographics of this team or whatever. Like The mm-hmm. first part, you're going to be like, oh, my God, can we get out of this and get to the murder? <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about Nicole and Ron Goldman. We're going to talk about all the things and I will mm-hmm, my way through all the sports stuff. Yeah. And whatever um, the fuck Kato Payton is. <laughs> Kato. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that name still. Cato Kalen is a fantastic name, and what an important character that we'll talk much more about soon. I can't wait. I can't wait, man. Me either. But thank you so much for starting us on this fun journey of murder, mayhem, and clowning. And (laughs) to be continued with ball boys and fast runners and vengeful lovers 
And if, you know, if the glove does not fit, you must equip. Hey. Oh, this motherfucker. Okay. All right. <laughs> remember, remember, like always, ladies and gentlemen, to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend, tell another friend, and then another friend, you know, rock with us, man. You know, support. Go leave some comments or whatever. Five stars. If you got anything besides five stars, shout out David Aldridge. Leave that shit to yourself. You already know. Check out everything in the bio, man. New playlist alert. Apple Music and Spotify. Check your boy out on Twitch. Check out the SoundCloud. Immaculate Freestyles in there with the homie Don or whatever. You know, we got a couple of tracks coming out real soon or whatever. A whole project. Shout out to 919 and everything, you know? It's, we, 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 we unstoppable. We, we untouchable. We can't be outworked or whatever. Literally. Kaylee got more jobs or whatever than like half these people out here chilling just doing nothing so many jobs but i will always make time for this i i'm, I'm telling you I, I, I got you hooked now you don't got that pod you do you now is it you just you know i do but. i still can't listen to my voice but <laughs> you get used to it i will talk for the people i love it i love it and they love you man. I'm, I'm, i feel well they, they clearly showed us with the, with the numbers good lord <laughs> <sighs> another great one you know, the after credits. She goes by the name Kaylee. Shout out Kilo the cat tried to like, you know, intervene. And shout out my 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 storage also intervening. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> I go by Mookie. And until next time, to let us I.